0: Technical difficulties. Uh, hey, good to see you guys. Um, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, it just, it felt really good to just do like simple church. Uh, not surprisingly, this hopefully won't shock you, uh, I've been to a lot of, uh, I've been to a lot of church. Uh, you know, I've been a pastor for almost 20 years. Yes, I started when I was 12. And, uh, you know, I love energy, like I'm, I'm an energy person, but I just, like sometimes I just need to like say the words, sing the song with my hands, just worship God, you know? And so um, it's been really awesome to do that. And I just want to say a special good morning to my longtime friend, John John, who I haven't seen in a very long time. Love you, bro. Awesome to have you here. Uh, So my kids and I occasionally play this game called Exploding Kittens. Have you ever played Exploding Kittens? Okay, a couple takers. Uh, Here it is, it's a game. I know what you're thinking, like what kind of a person plays a game called Exploding Kittens? Um, and I just want to give my personal apology to Haley Stansberry. Uh, I know you're in here somewhere, I don't see you, but... Oh, there she is, ducking down low right there. Um, fortunately for you, it tells you right on the box what kind of person plays Exploding Kittens. It says, it's a card game for people who are into cats, kittens, and explosions, and laser beams, and sometimes goats. Apparently, I'm that kind of a person. Uh, so we play this game called Exploding Kittens. and. Uh, there's all kinds of ways in this game for you to attack, damage, discourage, and even annoy the people that you're playing with. And your goal is to really get your opponents to, you're, you're trying to play cards to basically relegate them to the sidelines. So there's just no way for them to move forward and attack other people. Uh, and if you're really good at it, eventually you're trying to get them to end up with the Exploding kick card and be out of the game. And uh, So that's kind of the idea. You're attacking each other. And there's all kinds of cards. There's like the skip card, you can skip their turn. There's the attack card. There's even the personal attack card, uh, which is kind of wild. There's the blind card, and of course the exploding kitten card, and all kinds of things that you, you can do. But there's one other card that's really, really critically important. And when someone attacks you, if you have this particular card, you can turn the tables back on them, and that is the note card for a picture of the, of the note card right there. Uh, and it's very important if someone plays an attack card against you, that you take the note card and you slam it down and say, nope, you gotta be, you gotta be aggressive about it. Um, I bring that up because I think there are probably some in this room who walked in carrying some discouragement, some disappointment, some sorrow, some loss, some anger, all kinds of different things that are kind of attached to your heart right now. And I just want to invite you to play your note card today. Uh, I, I think you you have some power and you don't have to stay stuck there. I want to invite you to play a spiritual note card this morning. To know that you've been made righteous through the death of Jesus Christ. I want to I just want to call your attention to a really important verse in the Bible, one of my favorites. It's found in Job 17. And 9, it says, the righteous keep moving forward. Some translations say, the righteous holds to his way. They stay on course. They stay on the path. The righteous keep moving forward. Those with clean hands grow stronger and stronger. So if you're stuck, I just want you to know, that's not God's plan for you to stay stuck. That is not what he has in mind. What he has in mind is for you to keep moving forward because Jesus has already paid the bill for you. It's it's the best news that there is. God's plan for you is to keep moving forward. So I just wanna start 2023 right here in this very spot. God's kids, that's you, if you say yes to Jesus, they're not stuck. Jesus was righteous for you, so you've been made righteous. He was clean for you, so you've been made clean if you've received Christ. God's plan is for you to move forward by the power of his spirit working in your life. Amen? Okay, so some of you might remember this. My sweet wife, years ago, during an admittedly kind of difficult season of life, she bought this t-shirt, blue t-shirt, on the front had big white letters that said, not today, Satan. Some of you, if you're friends with Brandy, you might remember this shirt, because uh, she wore it a lot. And uh, it was such a conversation starter. Like, we would be in the produce aisle at the grocery store. The snack aisle, maybe. Okay. And, and people would just walk up at me like, Oh, I smell that shirt. Not today. Say but Brandy would also say to me, I appreciate that they like it, but for me, that was a real thing. That was a real tangible reminder. Like, that was a daily ongoing note card for her. Not today. You don't have the power in this situation. God's kids do. That was her way of, of just reminding herself. So today, we're going to begin just building something new. We're moving forward. We're pressing on ahead. We asked, as Pastor Rick mentioned, Jessica, to scale back the worship. Let's just do it simple for a short time. And the Connect team to scale back what they're doing, the Kids team, the Environment team, all of that. They've all kind of scaled back just a little bit because I want to make sure that we all focus right now for these few minutes that we have together on where we're going. On what we want to see God do where we're going and where you're going what God wants to do in your life for this year so we're gonna just narrow our focus okay so if you have your Bible or if you have a Bible app you can open that up you can go to Psalm 109 there's a verse in there that many of you probably don't even need to turn there you're already gonna have it committed to memory it's right here on the screen it says your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path God's word is a lamp for your feet and a light on your path. None of us knows what tomorrow is going to hold. None of us can predict that. But what we do know is that God's word is designed to lead the way. That's, that's his intent. In fact, that's actually why God made self-disclosure, is so, so that we can all have the Bible in front of us and know this is what God has said about himself. This is what God has said about me and the world that we Living. His word will be a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. So we're in a new place. We're all in a new start. It's 2023. So as we set off building something new, I want to just make sure and remind you that God's word will light the way. That's what it's designed to do. God's word is your the light, a lamp for your feet and a light on your path. So I'm going to remind you of another verse that uh, if you've been hanging around centuries for a while, I really hope you have this committed to memory. Uh, because if you don't, I guess I just need to start saying it more And you're gonna be like, don't say it anymore <laughs> Matthew seven twenty four, The end of the Sermon on the Mount, what did Jesus say? He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine And puts them into practice Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock Everyone who hears these words Hears these words and puts them into practice Takes action on them Is like a wise person who built their house on a strong, solid foundation. Okay, I just want to say like right up front, our goal is to be a church of people who build on the foundation of God's words. I mentioned, you know, I just, I love the energy, I'm an energy guy, I really feed off that, but, but I don't want to need that in order to feel like I'm having an experience with God, because he wants to talk to me all the time, at any time, and I want to be present with him. And He's given us our His words so that we can do that. So I have a pretty substantial amount of experience as a human. Some of you got me be, some of you have been around way longer than me. Uh, but for a lot of you, you're like, yeah, you're you're getting up there. Uh, I've been a human for a while. Let's just surmise it to say you no know, one here considers me a rookie. Okay? My best advice to you is to build your life on the rock. That's literally the single best piece of advice I can give you. Get into God's word and build your life on it. Okay, so let's make this the year that in this church family, we go big on the Bible. We go big on the Bible. I thought I was really clever coming up with that until I discovered that a pastor friend of mine actually used that like 10 years ago, and he came up with it. So nor did I come up with it, nor is it clever. Uh, Nonetheless, the first thing I want you to know about our new start is that we're going to go big on the Bible, on God's word. We're building everything on the foundation Of God's word So yes, the band will ramp back up And kids ministry and connect team And the environment, all all of that um, We'll be gearing up for those Over the next couple of months But I just want to say up front That everything we do We're going big on the Bible We're building on the foundation of God's word So I can't promise you that it will be awesome Or impressive But I can promise you That if you drill down in your life On God's word, on prayer And participating in Christian community Those three things. If you drill down on those three things and anchor yourself to them, then you'll have everything you need to follow Jesus throughout the rest of your life, to walk in God's will, to withstand whatever storm comes and be with him in eternity. If you'll just grab onto those three things, the scripture, prayer, and Christian community, you'll have solid foundation. So that's my goal as pastor, is to help you build your life, to help this church family Build on that solid foundation. All right. Uh, has it ever occurred to you that your beliefs, what you believe determines your actions? Uh, like maybe you've seen somebody who believed something really crazy and and then did something really crazy as a result of that. Uh, your beliefs are gonna be the foundation really for every action that you take. Like, like if you believe that this building was imminently going to collapse, you wouldn't be sitting here, right? You would take action, you, you'd get out. Uh, one of the coolest things I've ever seen on TV, and you know, in my 45 years, I've watched a lot of TV. One of the coolest things I've ever seen happened this week, actually. Uh, so, uh, this was not the coolest thing, but on Monday night during the NFL game, many of you probably already know, uh, there was a football player named Jamar Hamlin who went into cardiac arrest on the field. And the medical staff came out and administered CPR on the paramedics game, they, they canceled the game. It was. Bananas it was such such a crazy scene really really strange. Well um, After they took him away of course ESPN. Uh, they had just ongoing coverage of of the whole situation They're getting everyone's comments on it. you know just uh, interviews and Twitter feeds and all of that And it seemed to me that just about every celebrity or athlete in America was saying some variation of the same thing thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers just Throwing up thoughts and prayers to DeMar, and I'm just gonna be really honest with you, if that's okay, if we do that here. I mean, I can keep it in the shallow water if you want, but I'll just be really straight with you. Um, to me, a lot of it just felt really disingenuous, right? Um, like, I appreciated that they were wishing him well, but I'm not sure like throwing up thoughts and prayers to DeMar really does him a lot of good. As someone who legitimately believes in the power of prayer that if we pray to God for him, something can happen. So that. That was just a little bit, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm probably wrong in that, but I'm just confessing it uh, in front of you. Uh, so ESPN, as some of you know, is owned by ABC Disney, which most of the time is kind of like they spend their their time like right on the brink of being anti-Christian most most of the time. Um, but during a live broadcast on Tuesday morning on ESPN, there was an ESPN employee who decided. That instead of hinting at this idea of like hey maybe there's a God, i'll throw up some thoughts and prayers he decided that he was going to stand up on the foundation of what he believed uh, his faith in christ and so i want to just play the clip for you uh, go ahead andrew of
1: what uh, of what happened there you no know, and i think even through the midst of the absolute tragedy last night i think you saw some of the beauty of football as well that has brought us all here together um you know like this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Sheriff and Jonathan Allen say like all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. Maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I wanna, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for Philly's. him. Jamar Hammond, right, right now. Um, I'm gonna do it out loud, I'm gonna close my eyes, I'm gonna bow my head and I'm just gonna pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to and praying to you um, has impact. We're we're sad. We're angry, um, and we want answers. But some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Demar, for healing for Demar, for comfort for Demar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lived up to Mar Hamlin's name and your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty cool stuff, isn't it? I mean, I don't know anything about Dan Orlovsky, the guy that just prayed, other than I know he was an NFL kicker for 12 years. That's literally it. Uh, there's one other thing I know is that Dan Orlovsky is not a guy who... Hears like a sermon or someone read from the Bible on Sunday morning and then goes out as if nothing happens um, It's obviously a real thing in his life. Uh, he was obviously very nervous But he had to take a stand and I got to tell you that was a beautiful thing I I guarantee you that, that he's not a person who just hears the Bible from a distance and then goes on as if nothing has happened It's taken root in his heart He's taken to heart this idea that Jesus said Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the crisis came, the wind blew, it beat against the house, the faith was tested, the pressure, people looking at me, I'm in this hostile environment where people don't share my beliefs, and in this case, the world is watching me, the house didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. He was able to withstand the pressure. His Faith didn't fail. He stood on his foundation. What you believe, just like what he believes, what you believe will determine your actions. Everything you do will be based on what you believe. When I was a kid one time, uh, my family moved to to Helena, Montana. Represent, Riley. Yes, all right. Helena, Montana. And uh, I met a kid down the street. I think his name was Byron. And uh, he invited me to go to the YMCA, go swimming. With him and his mom and his little sister and i was like yeah that's great i'm an awesome swimmer because i had taken swimming lessons before this so i was i was pumped let's go swimming and so we get to the ymca it's just the four of us and we're walking down this long hallway toward i can see there's a, like an olympic sized swimming pool down at the end now it may not have been that big but i was like six so it seemed really big and we get into the room where the pool is, and Byron and his mom and his sister, they turn right and head down toward the benches at the shallow end. And I was just like, well, I don't wanna swim. I literally just kept walking straight off the deep end into the water. And that was exactly the moment when I realized, apparently those lessons didn't stick. I, I thought I knew how to swim. Like I believed it wholeheartedly, but as it turned out, I had no idea how to swim. And I had time to think this through as I went all the way to the bottom, and managed to like spring back up and peek my little face out of the water and Byron's mom's name was Lynn. I know that because my head was above water just long enough to say, Lynn, and she jumped in and pulled me out. So that's the only reason I remember her name. Uh, I, I was really sincere in my belief. Like I was confident that I knew how to swim uh, but turns out doesn't actually matter. Like how confident I am doesn't really have any bearing on whether or not it's true. Like it's not true. It's not true. If it is true, it is. People believe all kinds of incorrect things about the Bible. And quite often they're not even really sure. It's just kind of like the sum total of what we've heard. And people believe things like the Bible's just primarily a rule book, or um, it's a book of suggestions, or that it's just basically a really old, irrelevant, not important book. People believe that. It's just antiquated, those kinds of things. But I just want to read this verse because the the biblical authors actually tell us exactly what the Bible is. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so there's a few things in there. The The Bible is God's words. It's Breathed of God, right? That's what talking is. I'm just blowing air over my vocal cords to make sounds. The Bible is God's words. The second is that it's useful. It's useful to guide you through life. And the third is that it will equip you for every, what kind of work? Good work. I don't know about you, but I'm going to spend a lot of my life doing work, and I'd like it to be good. I'd like to spend it doing the work that God has for me. And the Bible can equip me for that. We believe at this church that the Bible is the Word of God and the only solid foundation for life and we're gonna act accordingly. we're going to act based on what we believe so I won't bore you with the mechanics of how we're adjusting our teaching style um, I'll just say this we uh, today we're just we're just talking about the Bible we're just setting the stage starting next week we're actually gonna start working through a book of the Bible um, I tried to think of a better phrase than working through because I know that just gets you pumped right You're like yeah let's go work through something can't wait to do that Um, I'll just give you what I used to call when I was a youth pastor you'll appreciate this Joe I'll give you the no-suck guarantee okay you commit to doing the work I'll commit to making sure it doesn't suck all right all right we're gonna gonna do this together Uh, I tried to snatch that back from the jaws of defeat but it was just too late Uh, we're gonna we're gonna embrace the Bible going forward and we're gonna see what good God will do now let me just respond to a potential objection okay I understand we live in this kind of post-enlightenment age of reason, uh, right? This is a post-enlightenment world where the sort of basic thinking as we go through life is, uh, you know, the Bible is kind of old and irrelevant. Everything can be explained using logic, reason, science. So just believe what you see. Don't trust the Bible. That's, that's kind of the way we operate in, in the modern world. Um, the problem with that is that you can't see everything. There's plenty of things that you can't see. Uh, there's this scenario that keeps happening over and over, and I'm not going to make this a lengthy apologetic for the Bible, although I find that wildly fascinating. Uh, there's this scenario that keeps happening where the Bible tells us that something is true, and then logic and science and reason eventually catch up, like centuries later. Okay, so I'll just give you, I'll just give you one quick example. Uh, one of the most prominent figures in the Bible in the Old Testament is King David. Uh, Much of the Old Testament is written about King David and he actually wrote a fair amount of it as well Most of the book of Psalms were written by King David now uh, For centuries critics basically latched on to this objection that history outside of the Bible doesn't say anything about King David We don't have any documentation of King David We don't know anything about him outside of the Bible and so if you don't believe the Bible Well, then you know you don't believe that he's real now uh, they would use that to say well, you can't prove that King David is real, so you can't trust anything that he supposedly said or anything that was supposedly said about him. A little dilemma for that particular group uh, was, that dilemma was totally resolved, I guess, uh, in 1993, with the discovery of what's known as the Tel Dan Inscription. Basically, what the Tel Dan Inscription is, it, it's, it was a tablet that was found and it documented a battle between an Iranian king and his southern neighbor the kingdom of israel the king of the house of david i think i brought a picture of it as a matter of fact and so that problem was totally resolved now uh, i don't say that to like mock anyone who is critical of the bible uh, my point in saying that is we didn't know anything outside of the bible about david until 1993 but does that mean that in 1992 he wasn't real well no of course not he was always a real historical figure it's just that the artifacts Hadn't caught up yet and so what i would suggest if you struggle with uh, doubting whether or not the bible is true uh, just a really simple thing uh, that i encourage people to do and that is doubt your doubts And what i mean by that is just hold them up to the same scrutiny that you might hold the bible up to and see if your doubts are actually able to withstand the pressure because my guess is most often they're not and what i would just encourage you to do is if you've struggled sort of doubting the Bible and that's left you frustrated, okay, you know where that leads. It leads to frustration. Maybe just try just taking that step of faith and trust that God's not hiding from you. And then if you dig into his word, that he will reveal himself to you. That he really does want to show you his will for your life. Trust that his word really will be a lamp for your feet and a light on your path. Take a step of faith and embrace God's word. build your life on make this the year that you go big on the Bible He will either come through on that or he won't that's totally totally up to him one of the false beliefs that I I often see about the Bible is that the Bible is just religious dogma it's just it's just rules and you know the idea that the Bible kind of gives the impression what God just sounds mean like he's only interested in judging me but actually the Bible is a book about God's love for The Bible is a book about uh, the depth of his grace and the wisdom that he wants to give you. Uh, he wants to show you how to walk in his grace and blessing. And so I just wanna read this couple of verses from you. I don't, it won't be on the screen, I just want you to take it in. It's from Psalm 103, and it describes who God is, what kind of a God that we serve. Psalm 103:8. it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, that he's slow to anger and that he's rich in love. It says that he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. But actually, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how high God's grace for you is. It says as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed your failure from you. That's a long (laughs) ways. It says that from everlasting to everlasting, from eternity past all the way to eternity future that's how far God's love goes for those who fear him and his righteousness goes that far for their children's children it extends from one generation to the next that doesn't sound like a guy who's interested in judging me or interested in judging you it doesn't sound like God wants to be me so I just want to tell you a quick story and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, I give this piece of advice often to young men, especially young married men. My advice is find an old guy with a beat up Bible and find out what he knows. Now, I'm realizing that as I give that piece of advice, uh, every year I kind of like start to meet those qualifications a little bit more. So that's a little unsettling. Uh, but Pastor Rick and I have a friend that I've mentioned many times before who fits this bill. His name is Dr. Don Bryant. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, he keeps telling me to call him down, but I'm just not going to do it. It's Dr. Bryant. Like, I can't do, I can't, I can't, and I just respect him in that way. Like, I just have to use that title. And uh, so, uh, usually once or twice a year, Dr. Bryant and I, were on the board of a, the same organization, and so we see each other once or twice a year somewhere on the West Coast at board meetings, different types of events, and um, in the wake of a really unfortunate uh, terrifying incident in Los Angeles uh, about seven or eight years ago we decided that from now on I drive because <laughs> Dr. Brian is 90 and uh, so from, so at these events like we just meet up in the morning I drive he rides with me okay uh, I'm almost recovered and uh, so we had arranged to meet at this one particular event over in Tacoma last year we decided let's meet in the lobby of the hotel at 6 a.m. Because we've been to this particular hotel several times, and there's a coffee shop like a mile away that we both like, which is kind of bizarre to like walk in with my 90 year old friend and he's like charming everyone in the coffee shop. It's really bizarre, but it's an experience I don't want to miss out on. So we're going to meet up at minute, 6 a.m., go do that, and then we head over to our meeting at 8 o'clock. I walk into the lobby a couple minutes before 6. Dr. Brian is sitting there. And he's already finished his breakfast. He's got like a stack of books and his Bible, he's reading the paper. It looks like he's literally camped out there overnight uh but the craziest thing happens when i i walk in and as i'm walking over to the table a total stranger gets up from across the lobby kind of breakfast area at the hotel walks over to dr brian's table and says excuse me sir do you mind if i ask you a question no sure yeah and uh, dr brian's about this tall <laughs> i'm not kidding he was probably telling upon a time uh, but this guy gets down on one knee right in front of him like eye to eye and he says What's the most important thing in life? Total stranger. Probably his mid-50s. Looks like he's probably traveling on business. And Dr. Brian says, to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. And he says, it has to be personal, because if it's not personal, it's just religion. And he says, this is how you do that. This is how you know Jesus in a personal way. And he quoted from Colossians 3.16, which says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is how we keep moving forward. This is how the word of God becomes a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. This is how we build on a solid foundation. We let the word of Christ, we let the Bible, God's word dwell in us richly. It's not a book on a shelf. It's not a book of rules. It's not a book of religious dogma. It's God's word and he wants to dwell in us. So today, I'm gonna to ask you to take three courses of action. Uh, and um, let me just say this, I know that I'm only a spiritual authority in your life if you give me permission. Okay, so, um, so you get to make that choice, which is, which is great for you. If it was up to me, I'd just say yes, I am. But that's up to you. Uh, so I'm just gonna ask you, just let me be a spiritual authority in your life for a minute. And if you decide, no, that was crazy, we go back to the shallow end and we can go have a donut. That's great. Okay, but just I just want to be like direct with you and and really push you to actually do what I'm asking you to do. Okay, uh, so I just want to encourage you to, to actually. I want to encourage you. I want. To, I really want to instruct you to do this. It doesn't make me a bad pastor. But what makes me a bad pastor is if I say, yeah, just go out and do whatever you want. It's all good. Okay. I, I, so so just let me be direct with you on that um hopefully you got a a card when you came in we may have run out of maybe missed a agree that's that's fine but there's there's three things on there that i'm hoping you will actually i want you to take that and actually take action on these three things and if you didn't get one that's okay i'm going to tell you what they are the first course of action is decide how you will engage the word of god this year make a decision and follow through on it all kinds of ways you can do that. You can pick it up and start reading from page one and keep going. That's great. Perfectly viable. People people do that all the time. Um, you can commit to read a chapter a day. You can do Bible reading plans on the Bible app. You can listen to the audio Bible on the Bible app. You can find a YouTube channel. You can get a study Bible. There's, there's a thousand different ways. But what I'm asking you to do is decide how you will engage the Bible and then follow through on it. I don't know if you've noticed, we live in this society where, like, everyone's afraid to commit to anything. Have you you noticed that? Like, just getting people to say they're going to come to dinner at 6 at your house on Friday. You're like, seriously, if you want to come, it's fine. Like, just commit to one or the other. Like, we're just as a society, we're afraid of that. And I'm saying, play your note card on that. Don't let that voice in the back of your head stop you from engaging what God might want to do in your life. If you miss a day, you miss a couple weeks, that's fine. The righteous keep moving forward just pick it up again and keep going okay so decide how you will engage God's word this year the second thing is decide who you will pray for this year and I don't mean like just in general like uh, you know like my work colleagues or my friends at school I mean like a person or a household there's people that you care about and that I care about who they need to see God work in their life. Like they're going through hard things and they don't have hope. They need, they need to be able to get on the foundation that God has laid out for them. And I'm asking you, who is it? Not like just in general, but like, what's the name? You don't have to tell me, it's just for you. I'm not asking you to turn this in or anything. Uh, but but who is it? Make, make a commitment to those people. Let's make a commitment. And uh, sometimes I ask my kids questions. If you have teenagers, you totally know what I'm stepping in here. Uh, I'll ask them a question, and it's like, it's open-ended, right? Like, they can say whatever they want. They can say any name they want to say to this question. There's not a wrong answer. But the answer sometimes is, I don't know. And so then as a parent, I feel obligated to annoy them. And I follow up with this question. I say, well, if you did know the answer, what would it be? And okay, so if right now, I know, I'm like getting a look right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is, who are you going to pray for? Who's in your life? that needs the hope God has for them. When you put your life on the foundation that God has for you, you also inherit a mission, a purpose for your life, to cooperate with God's work in other people's lives. Who are you praying for? All right, we made it through two. The third one is this. The third course of action is, choose how you will participate in your church community. Uh, If you're part of this one, awesome. If you're part of another one, great. Uh, Choose how you will be a part of it. This one's really easy. 1 Peter 4.10 says each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. This is how it works in God's family. Whether you're part of this local church or some other local church, we're all part of the big capital C church. We're a team. We're a people. That's how the church works, whatever language you want to use to that. So I just want to say that your role is important. Some people will say to me sometimes, oh, like you're pastor. You get to do important stuff that has like inter- you know eternal... Complications, I just you know, just do what I do to make a living and I think that's completely wrong Because I think what I'm doing right now is I'm just giving the ability that God's I'm using the ability that God has given me To the greatest extent that I'm capable You could decide I you know, if that's very high or not But but it's the same for all of us Like you can do things that I can't do you can go places that I can't go you can do things even within the life of your church community that need to be done. We can participate together. So I'm just saying, just, just use your gift to serve your church family, whether it's this church family or some other. Now, there's only two kinds of gifts. There's active ones and there's dormant ones. Now I'm saying, be on the active side. All right, participate in your church family. Your gift is important. There's no unimportant members in the family of God. So I'm just going to point out a couple of things. Uh, They're on your card uh, Just two things I'll highlight. One is uh, Kyle, Pastor Kyle, give us a wave right here. Uh, pastor Kyle, Kyle received just a couple of weeks ago his ministerial credential, became a, uh, a licensed pastor, ooh, so I'm pay you to do there. And uh, so he, uh, Pastor Kyle oversees the environments team, which includes like the trailer team, they haul our stuff from literally four minutes down the street to here. Uh, if you have that capacity to move the trailer back and forth, I know Pastor Kyle could use help uh, a couple more people to be on that particular team. You can talk to him. The other one I'll mention is center kids. kids. Uh, I'm praying that 10 years from now, we have an entire generation of teenagers and young adults who didn't blow up their life
1: because we raised
0: church kids. Now, sometimes we say church kids with like negative connotation, but like if there's something else you'd rather your kid be, I can't imagine what that is, right? I think it's, I think it's awesome. Let's raise church kids. Let's do it together. Kids who know God loves them because of how we love them. All right? Hey, do me a favor, would you stand with me? Um, Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray. Uh, Jess is gonna gonna come. We're just gonna take a moment and just be present with Jesus, and then Jess is going to lead us in singing one line from one song. Close our service with this. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking, stand. Don't just sing the words. But state your claim. Anchor down right there. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Stuff's gonna come at you this week. You have to deal with things, good and bad. But take your stand. But thank you that you have given us a sure foundation. You gave us your word so that we can know who people are and what you're up to. God, to pray you give us faith to believe you, to fill in the gaps when we don't understand. God, I just want to lift up every single household that's here, every marriage in this room. God, I pray that your word would become a foundation for them to anchor to. God, that you would give them courage and boldness to just lead each other closer to you. For every parent in this room, God, I pray you give them wisdom to lead their children. God, I pray you give us wisdom in our workplaces, in our families, our extended families, in our schools. But to anchor ourselves to you amidst all of the chaos. God, thank you that you are doing good
1: things in the life of this community. In Jesus' name, amen.